0: Welcome to Second Win, the podcast, where we uncover the stories, methods, and modalities of women and men who have found their purpose while walking this earth. Sometimes they found their second win by accident, sometimes by hardship, and sometimes by intent. There is always something to learn from others and really isn't finding our own purpose what we are all looking for. I know I am, and that's why I'm hosting this very podcast. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. All right, here we go. Second wind. I have a really unique thing that's happening today for this podcast. I have Damien Bankhead with me and I found Damien, well, Damien found me on LinkedIn because Damien was interested in what I was doing with this second wind thing because it kind of coincided with what he's doing. And as we started chatting on LinkedIn, I'm like, ooh, I think maybe we should talk. I think I need you. I think I need your services. And you know what? I think a lot of, especially women in their second wind, need to rethink maybe fitness. So Damien has a company. It's called Be Your Own Boss Fitness. And Damien basically, in a nutshell, and we're going to go into depth with this, but helps adults ages 35 and up, welcome second winders, to lose weight build their endurance, even with their busy schedules. He believes in a strong mind, strong body, strong you. And that's really what we want, especially as we hit the second half of life so we can do all the things we said we wanted to do or find our purpose and can do. And I was very interested in working with Damien because in August of 2021, I got COVID, which knocked me down for a little while. And then right after that, in the beginning of October, I got diagnosed with Lyme. And if you followed the podcast, I maybe not shared at all, but I was really knocked down for a long time. It's been 14 months since I've, maybe even longer, since I've picked up a weight or been in a gym per se. And I feel it. And although people would look at me and say, oh, you look thin, you look good. I feel it. And then I said to Damien the other day, I said, okay, I really am ready to start. We have to start. We have, I would like to do a two month program with you, which would bring me right to January, the end of December, right? Beginning of January. My birthday's the 29th of December. I'll be 57. And I was super close to purchasing a anti-wrinkle cream for, for creepy skin. Cause I'm noticing creepy skin. You remember that, Damien? And I said, wait a second, before I hit the purchase now and all the wonderful things you get for this cream that's supposed to just make these saggy things in my arms and my thighs disappear, I said, wait a second, maybe maybe if I start lifting weights again, that will go away. And I'm super interested to see, but that's my theory is we would do all the work on the inside and stop putting things on the outside. Same with medicine, same with all that stuff. So that was a really long introduction. So welcome, Damien, to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Wendy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I don't really know what to think of this chick. (laughs) But we'll have fun. We'll have fun. So Damien has a very interesting story. And you know, he's this, if you go onto LinkedIn, you'll see this like really buff, wonderful specimen of a human. I mean, really, it looks amazing. This is not who Damien started off in life as. And there was a point in his life where fitness suddenly became part of his repertoire. And that really was like the beginning, the launching pad of his fitness career. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: About kind of where everything started?
0: Yes, 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 yes. The first thing.
1: Actually, I'll start you off with high school.
0: (laughs) Oh, you want to go? Okay, so we're going to go back with Damien first.
1: Yeah, so I was always, you know, the little guy. I weighed about 119 pounds soaking wet when I graduated high school. I weighed that all the way through college, actually.
0: Wait, give me an idea. So how tall are you for 119 pounds?
1: About 5'10". I was very, very small. Oh,
0: yeah, you should weigh more than
1: that. Yeah, way more. Actually, I was so small that if I was shirtless, you could actually see my heartbeat rise and fall on my chest. My brothers made fun of me for it all the time. They were jocks. I was a guitar player and I would always play by myself and you would find me like reading a dictionary or breaking radios apart and seeing how they worked. That was the, you know, the cool kids. <laughs> But anyways, I decided to join the Army at the age of 17 to get away from my parents' divorce because I didn't want to be around. Unfortunately, I was actually too small to get into the Army, <laughs> so they put me through this waiver process.
0: Too small to get into the Army.
1: Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty bad. They put me through this waiver process, finally got in. I guess my recruiter pulled some strings or something. Got in, went through, you know, basic and AIT. And I was right overseas pretty much after that. My last deployment was 2013. Yeah, 2013. This is where I encountered a heartbreak, and I got into fitness as a result of a heartbreak, as a lot of people do. I was overseas. Long story short, I was with a woman, serious relationship. She wasn't faithful. I was paying for a place for her to stay. Turns out, I was helping out her new guy, paying for a place for them to stay. So (laughs) that got me down. While I was overseas, luckily, my squad leader was. I don't know if you've ever seen those like abnormally, like just built guys. Like he was massive. He didn't have to work out for it. It's just how he was built. He played college football. His dad was actually the same way. So I guess it's in his genes, but he was massive and you would never think he and I were best friends because he was all fitness and eating healthy and I didn't know anything about it. I had never even stepped foot in the gym. So he knew what was going on with my situation about, you know, my relationship and everything and we would come from missions and I would kind of just stay away from everyone. And I had a guitar in my chew and I would just stay there and play my guitar. That's kind of what helped me deal with my, my demons over there. He busted into my chew one day and he was like, all right, you got to stop this. I was like, stop what? He's like, follow me. And I was like, no. And he literally used his strength against me. He came and picked me up, literally it sat me outside of my chew and locked the door behind. So needless to say, I followed him. So he was four or five times my size. So there's nothing I could do. <laughs> but he showed me how to work out. We ended up at a gym. The gym over there was was really nice on posts. You had pretty much everything you needed. He showed me how to work out. I saw what it did for me physically as well as mentally. And I kind of just fell in love with it. I started doing my own research on how to eat, started following athletes. I think the first athlete I followed was Steve Cook. He was a men's physique athlete. And I just started kind of doing his workouts and adding my little twist to it and I wasn't, you know, confident in the gym, you know, just yet. It took months and months. Actually, I didn't come out of the machine room. So there was this huge floor that was free weights. And that's where all, you know, the meatheads that knew what they were doing out there lifting heavy and stuff. There was a machine room where everything was machines way back in the back. And that's where you would find me when I worked. I never came out on the floor until probably about three months before that deployment was over. And, and that's when people actually started asking me questions about what I was doing, because I gained about 32 pounds of um, just quality muscle. While I was over there just eating properly and, and working out, doing research. So people thought I was really, all my friends over there got, got upset with me, actually, because when we came back on post, that's usually when everybody wanted to go to. It's called the Top Off. That's what it's called. You could have a, three alcoholic beverages a night, and everybody would go there after missions and, you know, hang out with every, all the other platoons and companies and stuff. And you just meet a lot of, a lot of fun people, but I kind of shut everybody off. Like every time I came back on post, I was like, no, I'm, you know, going to the gym. So actually when we weren't on posts, we were actually off. We were about four hours away from any civilization, just in the desert. It's the site that we were building. I actually talked, talked my commander into letting us build a gym out there. So we had this man-made, you know, desert man-made gym in the desert that we got to work out at. I got but got enough people to, you know, sign the petition and whatnot. So it was pretty, pretty good. But yeah, we did that. Came back home from that deployment. Nobody recognized me. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually had long hair before I went to the army. My hair was about 14 inches long. Uh, I cut it, I had cornrows. I cut it right before I went to the army. I didn't even tell anyone that I was cutting it, so. <laughs> I came back home. I had, you know, a little muscle on me. I was bald. I was literally walking past like my best friends and none of them recognized me. It was, it was pretty
0: seriously. Cool. Like they really didn't recognize you.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so, I got into law enforcement after that. Actually, my law enforcement uniforms hanging on the other side of this picture. Got into law enforcement, which is kind of what pushed me to doing this. So, I was on patrol for a few years. It kind of burned me out because I'm not the kind of officer that just likes to sit around. I actually like to be proactive. And then I realized that a bunch of the officers were just sitting around and still, you know, making the same pay I'm making. And it's like, okay, this is, I'm not going to keep killing myself, taking all these calls and stuff. So patrol kind of burned me out. So I worked my way up to detective, in a little over two years, which is it usually takes about five years. So Everybody thought that was pretty cool. I was the youngest detective back there, but I worked my way up to detective. I was investigating sex abuse and domestic violence, and I assisted with homicides. I was on call. It's pretty much 24-7, so I was always, you know, negativity. And I saw myself kind of spiraling out of control. I started drinking because of the things that I saw all the time. I don't know. And every, like I said, like I was telling you, everybody just looked like bad people to me. Because of what I dealt with, you know, I dealt with you know pastors doing things, or you know, just people who claim to be good people doing really terrible things. So nobody in my head was a good person. And me, I'm a you know religious guy. I I don't want to. I didn't want to live that way because I I know everyone's not you know a bad person. So I had to quit that. As much as I didn't want to, I quit quit cold turkey. It's not not really professional. I gave them a week's notice actually because in city of City I was working in, as a city employee, you only have to give a week's notice. You don't have to do the two weeks notice, uh, just to stay in good standing. So I gave him a week's notice because I had to get out of there. Before that, actually, like right before I put in the week's notice, what made me go ahead and put it in was how they, kind of how they treat you. So my partner went back to patrol because he didn't like how he was being treated in the back. So it was just me. It was a population of about 60, 70,000 people, that city and every domestic violence and sex abuse report came to one person, which was me. So, and they, they didn't care to get me help or anything. So it was kind of like they worked you in the dirt on top of you already having to you know, deal with everything.
0: So let me ask you a really quick question then. Yeah, let me ask you a really quick question. At what point, I mean, you've got, now you got extra work and your partner's like, see ya. And you know it's, it's weighing on you. Are you still working out, two questions. So are you still working out during this time? And the second question is, what was the catalyst like the, What was that moment, that defining moment for you, for you to actually write out the resignation and be done?
1: Yes, I was working out very hard during that time.
0: Oh, you were still working out. OK.
1: Yeah. Being overseas and and working out, you know, during hard times, it kind of showed me that this was my therapy. So, I mean, anytime anything went wrong, I would go to the gym and work out. And that's kind of, I'd put on like motivational podcasts and I don't like to take out, you know, my, you know, feelings on other people. So that's how I dealt with it. I would go to the gym, kind of think about, you know, what I was going through and I would try to leave everything on that gym floor. After that workout, I wanted to, you know, leave as a a different. And I think that's why I've always worked out so hard because I don't really realize that I'm working out, if that makes sense. I'm thinking so much about the negativity, like the things that I want to, you know, move past. So. But yeah, the catalyst, like I was telling you, motivational speeches, I started listening to those. I don't even know what got me into those, to be honest with you. I just started, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I, this isn't for me. I was miserable at my job. Like I was, everybody at my job knew that I was miserable. And My supervisors even knew that they knew I was going to leave. So I started listening to these motivational speakers. And the first one I listened to, his name was Wesley Virgin. But he goes by Wesley, Million Dollar Virgin.
0: Million Dollar.
1: Yeah. One of the very first speeches that I heard from him. I don't know why it was so powerful, but it's it's what pushed me out. So this speech was about personal development and not putting yourself in a box. Personal development is what I'm huge on now. So this podcast was, I don't know, it was life-changing. So it, it got to a point. And I actually did this. So he he said, go grab your check stub or pull up your check stub on your phone or whatnot and stand in front of the mirror. And I I was like, I don't know what this is going to, you know, what this little activity is going to do, but I'm going to try it. So I actually pulled my check stub up on my phone and looked in the mirror and he kept he went on just speaking, speaking, talking about, you know, knowing your worth and, and things like that. And then he said, look at your check stub think about everything that you have to do with your job, think about all the stress that comes with it, and then look at yourself. And then he was like, look back at your check stub and think about if you're happy or think about if this is really fulfilling for you. And then he was like, okay, now look back at yourself. And now ask yourself, is this all I'm worth? And I don't know why, but that was so powerful for me. And within days, is that it took days after that for me to go put in my resignation. That's basically what went ahead and pushed me out. So. I started listening to way more motive. That's actually what my social media is. Everyone thinks social media is the devil. I say social media is what you make it. I can get on LinkedIn, Twitter. I can get on Facebook. Any- because all I follow is motivational people or CEOs that have done you know what I'm trying to do, or I follow people who are going to benefit me. So I can get on any of my platforms at any time and scroll and just learn instead of you know wasting time on social media. So started following a lot more people and. Started learning from a lot more people and here, here I am today. <laughs> so
0: it's incredible. And I feel the same way as you do. I, you know, I don't know why I started, I, I do know I started listening to podcasts and audible in the woods to be loud for bears because I was always walking or running into bears. So because bears hear better than they see. So that's why I started listening, but I didn't really just want to listen to music or anything. I wanted to learn. I wanted to keep learning and being curious. And you did the same thing. And it, it both, it pushed us both. And I hope it was, it's my goal that, that someone or many people are listening to the stories that I'm bringing forth that are helping them being a a pedestal, a leaping pad, a stone flagstone to help them do what they want to do. And bringing all this stuff is all this stuff forward is exactly what I'm trying to do. So bring us into, because if people are looking at social media for Damien Bankhead, they're going to think, that you are this guy that has really awesome things to say and great ideas and how can I help you? You know, now you've got this newsletter and you know, 10 minutes a week, I can help you make a difference. You know, all this really very interesting, very motivational things that you say and do and you do little videos. And when I started looking into you and your profile, I was super impressed. And then you told me something about yourself. I was like, that does not make sense. That you actually don't really want to do that, right? You enjoy it, but it's hard for you. It's a challenge.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Explain that a little bit, because just in the fact that you do so much of that just shows how powerful your mindset is.
1: Well, it's like I said, I, I am an introvert like this right here. This is not I have to work myself up to do things like this. But, you know, coming from where I come from, I've learned firsthand that you don't grow in your comfort zone. So I try to make myself do something uncomfortable every single day because that's that's just makes you grow. It makes you grow more, gives you more experience on different things. It gives you more builds your confidence. So, like I said, I'm an I'm an introvert but I can step out of that if I need to. So if it's like this, if I need to do a podcast or do some kind of public speaking, I will work myself up to do that because I know I'm going to grow from it. It's it's not going to be, you know, the most enjoyable thing while I do it. But like I said, you grow from it. And when I make my videos, especially my motivational videos and things, it's not really, those come easy to me because most of the time, what most people don't realize is I'm talking to myself. But I feel like other people need to hear it as well. So that's oh that's how I make motivational.
0: That is so cool. You did not tell me. That is not in my notes. When you are actually giving yourself a talking to. in those And that's why they're so powerful. That's why they're so good. That makes sense. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. I just feel like I'm not the only one who needs to hear those things that I'm saying. So that's why I actually put it out. And mm-hmm. I've actually, I don't tell many people that. So...
0: There you go. There you go. And see, this is good. And now you've done a very challenging thing today because you're here with me. <laughs> and I had to twist your arm a little bit. So I have a question. So when you left being a detective and you knew it wasn't for you, you looked in the mirror, you were very motivated by these podcasts and stuff. How did you start your business? Like that's a pretty big leap. Going from a for certain paycheck to going With full, into being full
1: benefit and everything. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: explain that. That must have been terrifying.
1: What made it even more bad? You know, when, when things things usually get way worse before they get good. So I quit quit my job as a detective, and things got really bad. So I was driving a BMW at the time, and it it took a dive, and I didn't have the the funds to fix it. I mean, because the BMW maintenance is crazy. For BMW. So. I was actually driving my mom's second vehicle around town. Luckily, I was really good friends with the one of the, the big gym owners in Decatur. He let me start training there. I told him that, you know, this was temporary. I don't plan on working for someone else. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's so much freedom in being able to work for yourself. And I don't, I feel like if, I don't know, no matter what happens, I don't see myself working for someone else again in my life. So. And I try to show other people that they can do that as well. But anyways, I started training at that gym. Things are going going pretty, you know, decent. Well, for, for. Damien, the...
0: when you say training, are you saying you started with well, not only you working out, but you started having clients?
1: Yes, I started personal training. He had a lot of, he didn't have a personal trainer at the time. He kept getting them, but they kept kind of leaving. I didn't really know why until I learned how personal training works at gyms. Basically, the gym makes all the money. You make like nothing. So and actually I keep me and him are no longer on good terms because he tried to take advantage of me of course but I keep the contract that he that he wrote out for me as a you know motivation so it was pretty pretty terrible but I told him it was not it was only temporary and that I wasn't you know doing this and he went ahead and tried to type up this long contract because I had trained when I started training there it's like everybody wanted to train so I had about I don't even know how many clients I had there. It was a lot of people. (laughs) I ended up training, I think, right under 100 sessions there.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even getting paid for them. I was just helping him out. He wasn't paying me properly, anything like that. So he was just taking advantage of me. And then I started my business. I made my logo, as you see here.
0: Yeah, but what makes you want to start your own business? Just because you knew you didn't want to work for anybody? And then as you're seeing no paycheck, you're like, okay. Okay. That's it. I need to, I need to cross this.
1: Well, that and just hearing everybody everywhere talk about their jobs and how their bosses don't treat them well and how they wish they could do something else. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be in this box with everyone. I want to be part of that. No, 1%, 10% that's doing, you know, what they love. I saw a stat a long time ago. I don't know if it's still the same, but it's literally, it's really sad, actually. Over 80% of the population will just settle their entire life. And I just don't, I, I can't do that to myself. Like, I feel like, I feel like I love myself enough to go for what I want, not even, you know, guaranteed to reach that goal, but I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. I'm, I'm going to be on my deathbed saying, I did my best. There, there's going to be no regrets. So that's just how I, I live life. But that's hearing other people talk about how they hate work and, what they wish they could do and like actually what they can do. They just choose not to do because if you continue to do something over and over, it's not, it's a choice that, so they're choosing to live that lifestyle. So I just, I refuse to be, you know, in that, that box. But like I said, I made this logo. Actually anything that I I do, like when I make a new, like I have my podcast, my newsletter, I have other little things that anything I do, I always start off with the picture or the logo for it because then it becomes like real to me. I'm a, I'm a media guy. Like I do all my editing. I do all my photos. I make my logos. I do everything. I've always been into that. So I've spent countless hours in high school and college playing around with different media stuff. Everyone asks me, I actually get people on LinkedIn that are like marketing experts that ask me who, who does my content. And I'm like, I do my content. I didn't know it was like a, a big thing. So
0: It is a big thing. And it's a very costly thing. You know, for a lot of people in businesses. Yeah. What made you think of Be Your Own Boss Fitness? Just is that why you're just like, I just want to be my own boss? Like, why did you come up? How'd you come up with that? And how'd you come up with the group, the age group that you wanted to work with? Because we're not an easy bunch to work with.
1: So I came up with Be, be Your Own Boss while I was actually still a detective because I kept telling myself I wanted to be my own boss, but not just be the own, my own boss, you know. Work-wise, I wanted to be my own boss and, you know, health, not letting my health, you know, control me, but me controlling my health, you know, finances. I want to be my own boss emotionally, just being the own boss of your life and like in its entirety, not just work. So that's, that's what I mean when I say be your own boss. I'm sorry. What was the, the other question?
0: Oh gosh. Be your own boss.
1: Oh, age group. Group. Sorry. Yeah.
0: And my age group, my difficult age group, because let real quick digression. My daughter is a tennis pro and we were with her. A bunch of my age friends were with her and she, and they're like, do you like teaching us tennis? And she's like, yes. What don't you like? And she's like, well, y'all say you want to fix something or, or change something, but then I show you how to do it, but you really don't do it ever. And you know, well, how come I get, how come I can't make those volleys? Well, here you have to hold your racket like this. And oh what I can't do that. Right. So she goes, and that's so I really like and she then she tells me, I really like working with the high school kids in that age group because they wanna learn if they're really serious, they wanna get better and they're willing to try new things. So that's why I was curious why you would go into my age group, especially with my age group is women fifties and up are not you don't see a lot of them in the gym, Damien. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's becoming more common though, and it's it's kind of, kind of a good thing. It's actually more older people that are serious about fitness now than the younger crowd, which is weird because the younger crowd believes that oh, I got time, you know. But you know, as you get older, you realize you you don't have time. <laughs> like you need to start now. I chose the ages, you know, thirty five and up, because thirty five is usually when things start happening to the body that you don't want to happen, like. You know, men's test levels drop. Women start holding a lot more water weight. Women's bodies start doing a lot more things than men's bodies do. So I commend women because you guys deal with a lot, a lot of stuff physically. So, but I would run into people all the time in, in that AIDS group that are just like, uh, oh yeah, this is how it is. I've, I've gotten older. They'll be like, you know, I'm fat. That's just the way it is. And I, and I try to show people that doesn't have to be that way. I know 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds that walk around looking like me because they, you know, started to live a healthy lifestyle, you know, sooner than later. So I try to show that age group that you don't have to just settle with how your body's, your body is or uh, settle with, you know, the negative aging effects or whatnot and kind of just show people how to live healthy lifestyles that don't require all this nonsense that you see on social media, the fad diets, which are just temporary or Uh, all these crazy exercises. There's a new type of exercise invented like every month now that it's intense uh, and it's not for people, you know, of that age group. Any good trainer will tell you that the best exercise is the fundamentals and repetition. If you master those, you got it. You don't have to do all this throwing stuff over your head and standing on your hands and all that. You don't have to do any of that, especially, like I said, living in that age group you shouldn't be doing that stuff anyways, first of all. And I get a lot of people coming to me that, that's, you know, 40, 50 years old. They're like, well, I saw this on Instagram and I just don't feel like I'm doing enough because of all the stuff that's out. And I'm like, well, first of all, if those trainers showed you their workouts, you would probably be bored with it because it's the fundamentals. That's what all these trainers do. They just All they're doing is using these crazy exercises for views and likes. But if you saw their actual workouts, they're probably not even doing that.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have done, you research, like you love researching, you love learning. So you're learning about women's bodies as they get older and holding on to fat. And you and I discussed the fact that, you know, I've talked to people too, who said, yeah, this is just, it's just hereditary. Every woman in my on my side of the family, you know, would gain 20 pounds after menopause. There's really nothing I can do about it. And then they got high blood pressure and, you know, and on the cholesterol thing. So I, you know, I'm on my statin and I'm on this drug and it's just what it is. And I mean, it's okay. I'm just going to try not to gain a whole lot more. And I, and you and I both discussed, okay, you never have to be what came before you. Exactly. You make the choice, right, so that was one thing I always appreciated being adopted for is like my mother was never an exerciser and and had battled her weight, and I was just like, "Oh, I don't have to do that and I didn't know what my birth mother looked like, and as it turns out she's a fit a fit woman, very short though, which was very interesting, but fit and always loved to be outside and always did activities and it was it was hereditary but in that regard, but maybe not had I gone the path of my mother, I would have gained weight. I would have not exercised. But not knowing, I'm like, well, I just want to be the best I can be and do that. And you don't have to. Lots of people have lots of parents that were overweight and out of shape and all kinds of meds. And when they really focused on just making themselves the best they can be, they look nothing like it.
1: Exactly. And a lot of people say those things about their parents or whatnot, not realizing that their parents didn't have the best, you know, healthy habits. So that contributed to the thing. It wasn't all with some of it. Sometimes it is, you know, hereditary, but most of the time it's, it's habits.
0: It's habits. Yeah.
1: And most people don't, don't realize that. They're like, oh, my mom was this, my dad was this. So, you know, I'm pretty, I'm doomed from the start, which you're you're not ever doomed from the start you choose how you live your life. You choose if you're going to be healthy or not. And I tell everyone, uh, one of the biggest excuses I get is it's so expensive to live healthy. Everything is so much more expensive.
0: Oh, I hear that all the time. Even from my children. Oh, I can't, I can't afford the organic. I'm like, you can't afford not the organic.
1: Exactly. Because I don't know if if people have seen hospital bills these days, but If you continue to live an unhealthy lifestyle, you'll be well acquainted with it. And that's what I tell people. That's what's expensive, not, you know, buying, you know, 97% lean beef instead of, you know, the bottom shelf stuff. It's really, it's really a mindset thing, which is, you know, what what I'm huge on. So that's, when it comes to my clients, I try to build mindset first. A lot of clients come to me saying that they don't believe they can do this. They don't believe they can do that. Or, and it's I kind of tell them what I, first. I ask them why, and they don't really ever have an answer for it. It's just that they put it in their heads that they, it's not for them. And then once I show them how easy it is, to, you know, live a healthy lifestyle. You know, I send out motivational texts every morning. I send out all kind of stuff to you know keep people motivated. But they start to realize, you know, maybe this this is this isn't as hard as I thought it was, or. Uh, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. Maybe I should care for myself. Sometimes. I get messages. That's what keeps me going. The, the messages that I get from clients, people that aren't even my clients, write me on you know LinkedIn or whatnot, just telling me how my posts have motivated them and getting you know start walking more or start doing, uh, start being more mindful of what they're eating. I was talking to a woman from LinkedIn. She actually followed me on Facebook and everything, but she just sent me a message recently, telling me about. She was sorry that she couldn't work with me at the time because, you know, she's having a hard time. But I, I don't ever, I help everyone. So if, if someone reaches out to me with a question, I help. I believe life is so much better when you're helping others. And, you know, what goes around comes around. I'm helping people. Maybe one day I'll need help from someone and they'll help me. So, but she sent me this long message. It was really heartfelt and telling me how she she and her husband have been, you know, Following my content and how she's gotten back into the gym, and uh, she's more mindful of what she's eating, and she told me she had lost ten pounds since she started following me. <laughs> I was like that's awesome
0: <laughs> that's incredible, and that's one thing I love about you, Damien, is that you you knew early on that serving others was important, and that's really what we what we need to be doing and so so take us through a little bit about what happens when a new client reaches out to you. Take us through that process. What what does that look like?
1: So most of the time it's through through LinkedIn. That's usually where, where most of my clientele comes from. Someone will write me asking, you know, what do you offer? Or they'll say, Hey, um, your demographic, what what would you suggest for, you know, XYZ or whatnot? And I usually just end up talking to these people, giving them, you know, advice or whatnot that they can I'm not even trying to get them to, you know, work with me. Uh, Just giving them advice, letting them know that I'm here to help if they need it. Uh, Most of them say, "Okay, well, what do you mean by this, or what do you mean by?" And then that's when I get them to, you know, book a call so I can kind of go more in depth about that. And usually, that they usually want to, they usually ask questions about my program and how that works, based off of I guess the advice that I give them or whatnot. Because I'm not a, (laughs) I'm not a salesy person. Like I don't like to, you know, they say when you sell, you have to tap into people's pain points or just all kind of stuff. Like with me, either you want results or you don't. And I don't try to push people. Oh, or you need to try. No, I, that's not me at all. So if you're ready, I'm ready to work with you. But if you're, if you're not ready, I can give you advice or, you know, guide you in the right direction, but I'm not going to force anyone to, you know, jump into something that they're not ready for because first of all they're not going to take it seriously and then that it's going to be a waste of both of our time so and both of our time is you know valuable time is valuable to anyone so i would prefer people just be serious that's why i don't like doing the whole salesy thing like if if we have all my intentions is to learn more about you give you some advice to help you in your fitness journey because usually it stems from me giving advice that they need, you know, a little more on. So I just say, hey, let's hop on a call. And then, then like I said, they always ask about my services. And that's what kind of leads into that. So it usually leads from, you know, a direct message or a comment or something. And then me kind of reaching out saying, hey, this is what I meant by that or whatnot, that they'd ask more questions. I give more advice. And it kind of just leads up to them getting on a, a one-on-one call. with me.
0: And then what happens when they sign up with you? So they're now they've gone through that with you and now they're like, okay, I'm ready, hit go, what happens?
1: So my 12-week boss body program is what people sign up for. I have a jumpstart program now because a lot of people have asked me to have some kind of entry-level program. So I have a 30-day program now that I just help people who are trying to get back into you know fitness or into the swing of things of how they used to be or for the first time or, or whatever it may be. But my 12-week program is the, the big program. So when someone signs up with me, basically for three months, what I do is work with them to show them kind of how their body responds to things and show them how to create healthy habits, not just to reach that that short-term goal. Because most people that get into health and fitness, they, they're like, okay, I weigh 200, I want to weigh 140. And they get down to 140 and it's like, okay, now what? And they end up falling and they didn't prepare for it. So... I try to sh- try to show people how to succeed in the long run without having to, you know, eliminate entire food groups or do these crazy workouts or fad diets. It's just normal eating, normal workouts for busy adults that you know have kids, you know, careers or whatnot. Your workouts are usually no longer than an hour, and that includes your cool down as well as your warm up, so you can get back, you know, life's obligations. And if you want shorter workouts, we can do that as well, but. Basically, for three months, when when you sign with me, is it's just me at your disposal as a personal trainer and nutrition coach. We make adjustments based on we make adjustments based on how you're progressing. It's not a cookie cutter program. We'll start you off with an initial plan, and based on how you progress from that, is how we make your next adjustments. If that makes sense, a lot of things that well, one of the biggest things that people like about working with me is that you actually have access to me. It's not like the big, you know, moguls that, you know, you can't ever, you see them on the, on the internet, but you never get to talk to them. Like you speak with their assistant or, you know, someone on their team or something. So this will be something that I always do, no matter how big I end up getting or whatnot. I'm always going to have some kind of rapport with my clients because I feel like that, that helps because that, that builds that trust. I want my clients to trust, trust me because actually I take a lot of pride in that. People ask me, I get, get a lot of crap from, a, from other trainer friends that tell me I do too much for my clients. I don't feel like I can do enough for my clients because for, for someone who barely knows me to trust me to help them change their life, that's just, I don't know, that, that's huge to me. So
0: It is. And Damien, eating and eat, the whole nutrition thing, I mean, that's kind of personal. I mean, it's hard for people, I mean, to actually, well, yeah, so I ate, it was supposed to be five of this, but I actually had twenty. So the nutrition part of it, I'm really interested for for people like so. Give me a rundown of a typical client that shows up, like a woman, say she's fifty and she wants to lose, say, thirty pounds. That looks like, I mean, it's obviously the exercises are going to be different based on her experience and what her limitations are and what she can do. But are you saying, hey, show me what you eat? Like, how are you doing that?
1: Absolutely, I ask everyone. Especially people who say that they work out now or that they that they're try to eat, you know, somewhat healthy, but they're not getting results. So I have to dive into that. So most people that are saying that they work out, they're they're not working out properly. It's usually something that they that they start on the internet that they just do repeatedly, which is gonna gonna be the best results. A lot of people don't know how to work out. And what's what's crazy is there there's so much information out there that you can just get online and find, you know, a week split to, you know, work out for a week. But nowadays, a lot of people need that accountability, that extra push. So when they feel like they're going to let someone down, because, you know, it's human nature, you don't want to let anyone down, especially someone that's that's helping you or someone that you're trying to, you know, reach their goals or whatnot. But accountability is what most of them really, really need. When it boils down to it. In a nutshell, that's all they need. They need a plan and accountability. So when it comes to nutrition, I ask them kind of what they eat. Most of them aren't eating enough. Even when you're even when you're losing weight, you still have to eat enough to not put your body in that.
0: I've noticed that. Yeah. When I got on root cause and, and started to eat I, I ate more and was losing weight. And I felt better. It's so interesting because we always think oh, you got to cut carbs and you have to burn more calories than you take in. And, oh, you shouldn't eat, you know, and you should starve yourself for 20 hours a day or whatever it is. Like, there's so much crap out there. I think that's what it is. I think that's what you bring people is that, yeah, you're right. There is so much information. There's too much information.
1: Exactly. I try to make it as simple as possible. Being army and law enforcement, we say, keep it simple, stupid all the time. <laughs> that's what I've always lived by. Simple is, it's all the best way. And what I tell my clients, when things aren't working, go back to the basics. Start from the beginning. And that's, that's what I do with, with, I mean, anything. If something's not working for me and, you know, business, I'll go back to how I started off doing things that was actually working and then come up with a new plan. So it's all about just adapting. I show people how to live healthy lifestyles the most simple way possible. And like I said, most of these people, they just need a plan and accountability and someone agreeing with the, with the side of them that actually believes in themselves, that makes Agreeing
0: sense. with the side of yourself that believes in yourself. Maybe even finding that place within someone, right?
1: Yes. So A lot of people come to me, women especially, especially women with kids. I didn't know that this was such an issue until I started doing this, but women with kids, or say their kids are going off to college now and they're like empty nesters they don't know what to I mean, do like
0: the second wind generation.
1: Yeah. So they don't, they don't know what to do. And they, they think they have like, I don't know. They've created this thought that doing something for you or putting your needs first is selfish, which I can understand. You know, you put your kids first, so absolutely put your kids first, but if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of someone else. So I've had to help several women, you know, get out of that mindset. They're like, oh, well, what if, you know, what if they need me in college or something? I'm like, well, what if you can't get there? You know, you got to have to take care of yourself first. So men are usually, I don't know, men are usually hit or miss. Most of them just come to me. They're like, hey, man, I want to look like you. What do I do today? <laughs> <laughs> But I do get men. Actually, one of my best stories, his name was Tim. He and his wife actually trained with me. Tim went to the hospital for his uh, annual checkup. He went to his doctor.
0: How old are they? Wait, share how old they are.
1: They are 40s, 40s.
0: 40s. Okay. Just to give us an idea. Okay.
1: I think Tim was like 46 or 47, one of those. Tim went to his doctor and he was about to be put on diabetic medication. Tim was referred to me by another client and he had this look in his eye. and kind of told me, hey, I'm, I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to depend on medication. He was, he was overweight. He didn't, didn't like what he saw in the mirror. He didn't like what his doctor told him. So he and his wife got started with me. Tim ended up losing 65 pounds with me. Tim looks like a completely different person. If you, you get on my website, you can actually see his, me and his video testimonial. He was telling me about how his, his son was graduating from high school and his friends hadn't seen him for months and And they were asking who who the guy was with his mom, so they didn't even recognize it but yeah Tim lost sixty five pounds he is he doesn't have to take medication. his doctor actually told him his levels were perfect, so Tim was one of those i don't know people like Tim are the reason I do this because i I know that I'm helping people, but I don't really know what I'm doing for people until they tell me that and that that kind of stuff is overwhelming me because, like I so said, I have a big, a huge heart for people—blessing and a curse, of course. But when I hear people, you know, telling me things like that, it kind of just it hits me hard because I helped with that. So it's just, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I'm I'm sorry.
0: Oh no no no! You're you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Give me a give me a an example of say. Can you give me an example of a woman that is over fifty that came to you that really? was surprised herself in her results.
1: So one of my first online clients was a 57-year-old. Oh,
0: that's going to be me.
1: She was diabetic. She was active in her younger years, but she stopped. So she was very, very hard on herself. Like self-confidence was way low. So I knew that. So I would, you know, make sure she was good. Most of the time when I check in with clients like that, it's not like, Are you eating, you know, what you need to eat? It's first of all, it's, how are you? That's how I start my, my check-ins, but we got her. She actually made one of the, the biggest before and afters in just six weeks, she lost 15 inches and that was pretty Yeah, Her name was Tammy. She's on my website as well. Lost 15 inches and she, for the longest time, she was still sending me videos of her like hiking and stuff. So. We changed, changed her eating patterns up based on the food that she actually liked because she was really picky. So I had to kind of modify how she she ate a little. So I asked her to give me you know foods that she liked, and I told her, "Okay, we can't do that one, but we'll you know substitute it for this."
0: Can't do the M and M's as much as you would like. However,
1: <laughs> yeah, she ended up losing fifteen inches in six weeks, and that was it was great to see. Her video testimony on how you know happy she was when she was talking to me about her results and things. That's like I said. That's that's why I do this.
0: That is amazing. And and so we're gonna work together, and we're going to. And you know, I am that typical person. I need to share one thing that really set me off to bugging you about doing this with me was my granddaughter. My seven week. She's eight weeks today. Granddaughter. And I had her over the weekend in North Carolina. And so I was responsible for, you know, overnight too, people. And I had to do the car seat thing and the big stroller thing and pulling out of the car and lifting and I have an SUV. So it's not like I'm picking this car seat, unclicking it, because they're so cool now, unclicking it and picking it up and bringing it out. No, 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 I'm like starting high, picking up this heavy thing, clicking it out, bringing it out, keeping it level, Not messing with, you know, trying to be the perfect grandmother, not dropping the baby's car seat or anything. And then I'm carrying it and I had to carry it kind of far. And I was like, wow, they made these car seats so much heavier. Like, this is ridiculous. And I'm trying not to, you know, you're you got it on your elbow and you're trying not to rock it with every step you take and knock the baby silly. And I said, either I need to really get strong again for my grandchildren so that carrying the car seat isn't a big deal. I mean, I still did it. I'm in pretty good shape, but still, I know I can be better. I know I can do better. And I get
1: that so much.
0: It was so, it was like, oh, here's a good reason. What do you get
1: so much? A lot of people come to me asking me how they can build their endurance to be able to, you know, go run around with their kids. So a lot of people don't realize all that comes with that when they have kids or whatnot. Living a healthy lifestyle, you know, getting your, building your strength, building your endurance that, that helps with those kind of things. And that's what I tell most individuals that come to me, or they either have kids or kids are young or, or they have grandkids. And and they're always like, they're always like, yeah, my, my grandson wore me out the other day. Yeah, that's
0: not going to happen. I refuse to let that happen. And I'll tell you what, not being able to work out like I've wanted to after I had kind of started back, but not in the gym with you yet. Just taking a few days or a week off, it makes me achy. It's really interesting, and I'm and and I I'm like, wait a minute, and then I don't feel as good. Do you find that your clients, once they start working with you, are feeling better like all the time?
1: Oh yeah, I actually, my newest client, she's a, she found me on LinkedIn somehow. But she reached out to me and she was asked, she basically just told me, tell me how to start. So after viewing my my website and everything, she's only been with me for a week and she just actually has screenshotted the message because I like to keep those. She said, you're great at what you do. So thanks for helping me. This has been a rough week, but I already feel better. And that has everything to do with the program that I'm on. So you can take pride in that because that's because of you. So... He's only been with me for a week and we just, like I said, first thing is nutrition. Once you get people, you know, once you show people that it's it's easy to do, it's not as as hard as people think it is, then they get on it and they're just like, oh man, where did this energy come from, you know? So that's what I hear most, actually. Most people tell me yeah, I have so much more energy than I than I used to have. So like I said, when you do nutrition right and things like that, that, I guess those kind of Things come out, of it, you know, the energy, high energy levels uh, feeling better overall, which is one way that I try to keep people away from the scale. The scale, if you ask me, the scale just tells that sh- that you're alive. You're, you're matter, <laughs> You're there. Your body's weight's going to fluctuate all the time. So clients that come to me, they want to weigh, you know, every day. And I'm just like, look, you don't have to do that. First of all, you're going to drive yourself crazy doing that because it's not going to do what you want it to do. So I try to show people the best way to, you know, measure your progress, you know, maybe how your how your clothes fit or how you feel overall, because if you have more energy or if you just feel, you know, awesome, you're doing something right. So and you keep that feeling up, you're going to start seeing the changes, you know, physically or whatnot. And most most of my clients don't really even care about the the physical appearance. Most of the clients my age group are not looking for the perfect body anymore. (laughs) They're just wanting to live. Healthy lifestyles for themselves and their parents. Now, of course, they get that because they're doing what it takes to get that. Most, most of my clients end up losing, you know, 20, 30 pounds on average. They love it. So, like I said, as long as you're measuring your progress the right way, not driving yourself crazy, you're going to keep pushing yourself forward. So, I've actually noticed this people that look at the scale all the time, they tend to, you know, not push themselves as hard because they don't think that they're doing anything, which, I mean, sometimes the body fluctuates in the way that you don't want, but you're actually making progress. So say you start building muscle, muscle weighs more than fat, So your weight's probably going to go up a little bit. And a lot of people don't realize that. And they're like, oh man, I'm actually gaining weight. What are we doing? And it's like, so I I pull up like their before picture and like where they are now. And like, oh man, that okay, maybe I'm making progress. So I tell them to stay away from it. Yeah, it's
0: hard to see it when you're in it, right? It's hard to see it when you're in it.
1: Exactly. The scale is, I mean, it's really not your friend.
0: No, your scale, but scale's good, like, to just, it gives you an idea, like, if you, like, you do it monthly or something, or every other week, just to give you an idea, like, did I go crazy in the wrong direction, right?
1: I do adjustments with my clients every two weeks, so that's usually when I expect a new, you know, scale reading or whatnot. Not every day, like, some of my new clients, they come in, and, like, the first week, they send me their weight like every day. I'm like, listen, I, I don't need that every day. It's fine, <laughs> which is fine. I have to just kind of have to tell them that the scale isn't really what we're, we're looking it's for. Not but the we're not the tool that you want to use. Yeah, it's not something that we're trying to really focus on, if that makes sense.
0: Well, now you started your newsletter. That's kind of new. How's that going?
1: It's going pretty well, actually. I have about 400 subscribers now already. So.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, it's been, And you launched it
0: when? Like a week ago, two weeks ago?
1: Oh, no, it's, it's been, I've had it for about a month now.
0: Oh, a month. Okay. Yeah. When we talked, it has been a month. Okay. That's amazing. So, yeah, I
1: started that and it's, it's pretty good. So I'll, I'll usually, you know, the short videos that I make, I'll usually go into depth in my, my newsletter, things like that. Just So basically the, newslet- the Bossful newsletter is helping you create, you know, healthy habits and long term success and, you know, less than 10 minutes a week. And most people like it because I, I didn't realize there's still a lot of readers out there because a lot of people don't like to read these days. But most people really enjoy this. I get really good feedback from it. I've been working on my podcast actually because you know I make music as well. So actually pre sound recording artists, I hadn't been able to record anything new here recently because I've been focused on you know, trying to get this how I want it before I branch out into something more. But the podcast has been doing pretty well so it's basically just instrumentals that i create with playing piano or one of my guitars and it's me speaking over it so that's another thing that i do to get out of my comfort zone cuz like i said when i'm being motivational i'm usually talking to myself and these speeches have they've done they've done pretty well so far i got about I think i have 7 of them out now I'm trying to go ahead and get 10 of them out before i start really really pushing it just to give people you know something to work with but the people that I- Drive, they, they really enjoy them. So,
0: well, tell us how all the ways we can find you. If people who are listening to this want to work with you or at least want to discuss it or research it, what are all the ways people can find you?
1: So, I'm on basically everything. I'm most active on, on LinkedIn, of course. It's just, just such a great platform. You can find me on LinkedIn by my name, Damien Bankhead, or Be Your Own Boss Fitness. Instagram is BYOB fitness coaching. Facebook is my name Damian Bankhead. or you can just go to my website and find all of this. Uh, com. So that that would probably be the easiest way. And that actually has a newsletter and all my services and everything on them. Oh, it
0: has all your stuff. And the and the testimonials which are really neat to look at. Yes, it's really all- fun and it's not it's not like some high in the sky thing. It's like real life. You can do this. Nothing's crazy. It's a lifestyle. We're going to help you get in touch with your positivity and help you reach the goals you want to reach and get flexibility and strength so that the grandchildren don't worry about so the kids don't worry. So And when you're stronger physically, it automatically makes you stronger mentally. And then when you get stressful situations, yeah, it's totally a yin-yang thing. And then you can hit pretty much any anything that hits you, anything in life that is thrown at you. You can hit it head on and have no expectations and let it in, let it out, and your body stays your temple the whole time.
1: And that right there is what I try to show people. I try to show people that they can do exactly what I did. You know, 119-pound guy, <laughs> miserable, you know, hated what I saw in the mirror too, you know loving what you've accomplished and it sounds weird but since I've started doing this and working with people and actually you know going full in with this I feel like I've developed a a strong enough mindset to the point where I don't really it sounds weird but I don't really feel like I can fail if that makes sense because I know that oh
0: no no it does it makes sense
1: yeah I know that failure is is how you learn so if I do fail I'm just going to learn from it and keep going and that's kind of what I I try to show people because most people they get into fitness something doesn't work and I'm like all right I'm I'm out I'm done with this you know I, it's not working it's not for me and I show I, if it's not working that means that that's not what your body's responding to we just got to switch it up and try something else until we find that sweet spot and then build off of that and that's kind of how everything works in life like the motivational things that I, I put out I try to make them so that you can apply them to fitness as well as Real life. So, like I said, I'm I'm all about mindset because once you, if you can't beat your mindset, you might as well not even set a goal because you're you're not gonna accomplish it. So I I show everyone, hey, everything starts with your mind. Those excuses that you make, they they're not even real. (laughs) They only exist. They only exist in your head, and it's things that you've created because of fear. And everything, as Will Smith said, everything that you want in life, all everything good, is on the other side of fear. So if you can just push through that just for, just for a little bit and just have a taste of that, life is it's, it's so much better. Like taking these of faith, getting out of law enforcement, that was scary. But once I, once I let go of the things that, you know, were holding me back and got rid of, you know, some of that fear and just said, hey, I'm going to push through this, doing uncomfortable things like this, <laughs> life has been great.
0: And you're in your purpose, Damien. I mean, point blank, you're in your purpose and you're serving others. And you really can't fail. I mean, you may have to pivot or, you know, adjust exactly. but that's not failure. That's not right. failure at all. right. And I am just so excited to start working with you. And eight weeks from now, well, you and I will do another episode and and then i'll we can talk about We'll see where I'm at. I'm really excited having I'm coming back almost from, you know, almost as a blank slate kind of because I was so weak and so down for so long that you know, we're going to have to build it back up again. And I'm super excited and I can't wait to share the results.
1: It's great to start from the bottom because the only way you can go is up. So
0: That's right. That's right. And Eddie, if there was like one sentence or one thing that you say to yourself every day that keeps you going, what would that be?
1: I say a lot of things to myself. I actually have actually this little book here where I do all my planning. This is my, my planning book here. I write everything in this book. But in the front of this, I say the same affirmations at the beginning of my day. Every, I don't know. Oh, if you wow. Say the same. So thing you do every,
0: affirmations every day? Absolutely. Every day.
1: Like I said, everything is, it starts with the mind. So what I tell people is no one really knows what you need to hear except for you. So if you can tell yourself the things that you need to hear and actually push yourself. Out of your, you know, situation or whatnot, you're going to, you're going to do whatever you want to in life. Cause like I said, only you know what you need to hear. So if you can constantly build yourself up, first of all, it's going to make you less dependent on other people and trying to find, you know, happiness in other people, which happiness comes from within. So if you can build that happiness from within and actually push yourself out of your comfort zone, there's, there's literally limitless opportunities for you out there. And, I don't know. I've, I've kind of learned that and I'm, I'm glad that I can kind of share that with people now because I was not always not even close to this guy. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to fit in with everyone. And I realized from the jump that I didn't fit in because I didn't like to do the same things that people like to do, like going out and partying and stuff like that. It was, it was out of my comfort zone, but I did it to, you know, fit in. And now I don't really care to fit in. Fit in, fitting in is not, I don't even get why people want to fit in anymore. <laughs>
0: We even decided what that was, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Damien, thank you so much for your time today. And I am excited to share the results. I am excited for lots of second wind women, especially to go ahead. Let's go ahead and lift some weights. Let's yoga's great, Pilates great, you know, walking's great, but we definitely need a little bit more. And I've been doing all those things in swimming too, but We need to add some weights and I'm excited to see noticeable changes. And I can't wait to share with my second wind family. And thank you so much, Damien. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel.